and welcome to the first episode of Turning Years. My name is Paul, my name is Bericles, I'm uh, the Ministry of Slam, and I'm here with a man who needs no introduction, but I'm being forced to give him one. He is better looking than beautiful Bobby, more sugary than sweet Stan. This is delicious Dave Evans. Don't we love it? Hi Dave. <laughs> Hi, Bericles. Just call me Paul. I'm okay. going to try and get people used to calling me my real name for once. <laughs> okay, Paul. <laughs> now nah, that feels weird with you. I feel like I need to clean my room. Let's uh, no, bears will do. Bears will do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so many names to get used to. Yeah, exactly. I blame friends and many years. So we're here, and we're going to try event by event to cover the transition from Jim Crockett Promotions. Through to WCW when it was uh, as it was purchased by Ted Turner, hence the name of the program. And uh, we're going to go sequentially, event by event. And I thought today it would be interesting to cover Bunkhouse Stampede 1988. And it was definitely interesting. It, it is an interesting show. Uh, this is not the last Jim Crockett Promotions event. But it is an event that sort of shows the state of the company, uh, and there, there are many, many reasons why you can sort of see why this company gets turned into WCW. Yeah. Why um, it gets sold. This event comes from the Nassau Coliseum in New York. Yes, definitely. Um, you know, so the the main event is a bunkhouse stampede. <laughs> uh, I'm, we'll not, there. I'm not sure how many bunkhouses there ever have been. In New York City, <laughs> um, they, 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 that's that's kind of one of my major concerns about it, is that it very much feels like a southern wrestling show in New York. They sold, I think it was eight thousand tickets. Uh, seven to eight, I think it was. Yeah. Ah, no, six thousand tickets. Six. <laughs> and you're like, oh, six thousand tickets? That's not bad in an arena that holds twelve thousand people. Uh, the WWF were. Shooting something else at the same time in Canada. Yes, uh, the first ever televised Royal Rumble. And that got much better numbers in terms of tickets sold. That drew uh, 18,000 fans. So So you're looking three times the amount of people. The Royal Rumble would have sold out this event easily. It was also on free television. This event was a pay-per-view. So this is is the, the time period where... They are kind of counter-programming each other. Um, Survivor Series was created the year before to go head-to-head with Starcade. Starcade. Yeah. Uh, there is a show that we'll be covering next time, which we'll talk about at the end, that is, goes head-to-head with WrestleMania 4. Yeah. Uh, but this is very much... This is almost like a... It's very much a war, which is why I think Dreamcraft Promotions thought it was smart to go into... New York, which is obviously the WWF home territory, and and uh, well, as we'll see, we'll debate the the whether or not that was a wise move because this show has quite a few problems. Like I said, you have the southern feel of it. You have the fact that they're not well known in the. I mean, they're well known, but they're not a huge draw in the area. Their stars are not. New York stars, they're Southern stars, and even people that have been to New York were um, presented themselves differently 
when they were in New York. Yeah, definitely. So, are we going to kick off with the first match? Well, I'd like to talk about the dark match. Oh, the dark match. I haven't. Obviously, it wasn't filmed. It wasn't I've, filmed. I read what happened, and I wish this match was on the card because it sounds a bit more interesting. Yeah, the, um, the dark I like ma- tag matches. The dark match is a tag match with um, Sting and Jimmy. Jimmy Garvin. I always go to call him Rob, uh, Ronnie. Ronnie Garvin. It's not right. It's Jimmy Garvin. Sting. Sting, who's just been. Um, just been bought in from the UWF because Jim Crockett bought that company from Bill Watts yeah. trying to create a super group to compete with WWF cost a lot, a lot of money again whether or not that was a wise decision would probably come back to bite them uh, against the sheep herders or as you may better know them the bushwhackers now the sheep herders I've seen matches before to have them as the bushwhackers in your mind is totally wrong. Yeah, they are very much a blood and guts tag team. Yeah, they fit in with your modern day Moxleys and the like. Yeah, they, they, it's it's ridiculous when you look at the bushwhackers now. Because when I was a kid, the bushwhackers, you look, yay, silly arm movements and all this other stuff. And I went and saw my first sheep herders match, and they they've got barbed wire, and they're getting like. They're bleeding everywhere and they're stabbing their opponents with forks. And I'm like, well, this is different. Where's Jameson? <laughs> God. <laughs> yes. Thankfully, uh, we won't have to cover that little shit. <laughs> Excuse my language. <laughs> but yeah, this this show um, this show doesn't look great. Huh. And one of the reasons it doesn't look great is despite selling 6,000 tickets, the front of the arena does not look full. Uh, this is for a, a quite amusing reason. They sold tickets to this show, obviously, and the first batch of tickets said the show started at 7.30. No problem there. Apart from the fact the show started at 6.30. So, half your fans don't turn up for half the show. It's like um, that one WrestleMania they started because a few years back. Do you ever see that? Like the first couple of matches, there's no, like... Half the arena isn't there because there was just a massive problem with um, reading tickets. There's literally nobody in like t- three or four sections, and they'll do long sweeping camera angles, and you'll just notice the top of the screen in uh, in this Bunkhouse Stampede event has no fans in it. And you, to me, that just looks bush league. Yeah, like it re- if you're trying to go to New York and out WWF the WWF. Which is, I think, what the main event is trying to do. Then um, you're in trouble. There's also some little key nuances that you'll spot if you watch the event. Um, like you say, Southern Wrestling, so they've got time limits, and they actually have Tony Schiavone announcing every five minute period. The WWF had dropped that by that point. I'm yeah, fairly sure they definitely have. Um, yeah. But speaking of speaking of time limits. The first televised match would have been Bobby Eaton, beautiful Bobby. Beautiful Bobby, yeah. Versus Nikita Koloff. Now, if you want to talk great wrestlers, to me, Bobby Eaton is great. I just want to say something here before we get on to Bobby Eaton and Nikita. Jim Cornette's tennis racket cover. What the hell was going on there? Well, it's it's Jim Cornette. (laughs) 
He doesn't even look like he looks like Jim Cornette, but he's so young here. It's like somebody's dressed up. It's like a fan has dressed up like Jim Cornette. It is. It's so young. And the tennis racket cover's got red fur on the outside and Jim Cornette's initials on it. Yeah, but you're saying this like Jim Cornette is a fashion plate of style. He, you know, he's he's not he's not a man to to you know fade into a crowd, is he? Um, but. They don't really... Um, Cornette doesn't get that much to do here. No. Now, uh, Nikit Koloff obviously uh, had turned babyface by this point. Yes. Was the world television champion. An American player, a Russian. Yeah. Apparently, um, no matter where he was as well, he didn't oh yeah, break he, character. He, he, he didn't, break, didn't break character, he learnt Russian. Hmm. Uh, he changed his name. And I've seen some, some Nikita Koloff matches where the crowd are going insane. He he's he's a very good kind of strong brawler type, um, and then they put him in a match with a tremendous wrestler, and just had them go twenty minutes. It was too long. It was too long. I like my technical wrestling. In yeah. fact, that's the style I like most. But it's just too long. It's too slow. They they'd never really get out of like second gear in this match. Yeah. And you sit there and you look at, I mean, Nikita, say what you will, what he could do, he could do well. <laughs> and he never really gets to show that off. I'm wondering, with a match that's coming up, which is a powerhouse versus a technical wrestler again, if they were told, basically, avoid X, Y and Z, because otherwise the crowd aren't going to be hot enough for a title match, essentially. It's possible, it's possible. I also have heard that Nikita was having uh, personal problems and when you say personal problems, it's usually like drugs and that. I, I believe a family member was, or, or or a member of that, someone he was very close to was very very ill. So at this point, at this point in his life, he's he's kind of like, I've got to do this resting thing because it's my job, but I really want to be home. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt here, yeah. but don't make them go twenty minutes to a time limit draw. Title doesn't change hands on a time limit draw. Uh. Uh, you don't really get much out of. They have a spot, and v- this is gonna is really weird to me because it's something. If you listen to modern Jim Cornette, he complains about a lot with modern wrestling, where they go outside the ring, and the referee doesn't count. Oh, they. This is the this is the thing. They they, <laughs> the the NWA referees, they they never count. They'll just stand there and get to four, and then be like one again because I've realised they're not gonna get back in. So I'm going to break my own count. Where they could have had a double count out at that point, shortened the match by about five minutes. Because it yeah. was about 15 minutes in. Yeah, it, and it just went too long. That being said, I don't think a double count out would have helped. No. I'd, this entire event is very much a wet fart, in my opinion, when it comes to your decisions, and we'll discuss that more as we go on. A 20-minute wrestling match arguably with the wrong opponent for Bobby Eaton and I've seen Bobby Eaton get great matches out of you know a broom I've seen him wrestle people that don't know what they're doing yeah but as I say I've I've heard that personal problems relating to family or or a close friend had really affected Nikita at this point so I'm not going to I, the reason I bring that up is I didn't want to say personal problems everyone go oh so he was on drugs it's like no that's not the case 
So the match ends, time limit draw, and then Jim Cornette gets in the ring with the tennis racket. Nikita lunges towards him. Jim Cornette does the best part of the match, throwing <laughs> that tennis racket into the air yes. for Nikita to catch. It was well timed. Yeah, and that's really worrying when the 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 end the ending Gaga is the best spot. Yeah. I have a worrying thing that Stan Lane was like coming out for his bit at that point as well. If Stan Lane was there and he wasn't hurt, and they, I believe they're the US Tag Team Champions at yeah. this point, why? Why are the greatest tag team in the company, if not the world, in a match? <laughs> Who knows, but Stan Lane comes out for his but Bobby Eaton, meanwhile, has been hit with the tennis racket. Nikita's backing Jim Cornette into the corner. Bobby Eaton, after the tennis racket shot, no-sells it, <laughs> and comes back at Nikita straight away. Oh, typical. <laughs> but, yeah, the match is nothing to write home about. Yeah, and you look at, the, you look at that and you think, oh, I'll be all right. But, no, it's just nothing to write home about. Especially with what follows in the next match. The next match is, I believe, for the Southern Heavy, uh, Southern Heri- the Western, Western States Heritage Title. Yeah, which I believe is an inherited UWF title that was created as a homage to Terry Funk's father's promotion. But the UWF used to be Mid South Wrestling. So having a Southern States title in, in there kind of makes sense. That's your base. That is like a Midlands a Midlands promotion having a Midlands title or any of that kind of thing. Yeah. It does make you look incredibly small time. It's not the Intercontinental. It's not. <laughs> well, I've heard people from Jim Crockett talk about the various titles that come and go, like the six-man title. Yeah. Basically, they put titles on people because they won't match for a title, and the titles had very little meaning. Yeah. Now, this match, I, this match I understand. I understand why you'd put uh, uh, Barry Windham against Larry Zbysko in yeah. New York because of who Larry Zbysko is in New York. Yeah, Larry Zbysko is the guy that had the big feud with Bruno, Bruno Sammartino. He turned on Bruno. Turned on Bruno. Broke, you know, broke his neck and all that. And yeah, I understand putting him in there, but it's again, it's a good, it's good. But you got him, Wyndham as well. Had not long been with the WWF as part of Team USA with Mike Rotunda. The US Express. The US Express was it? Yeah, they they were the US Express, and their theme music was. Was it real American? It was real American. Hulk Hogan had had stolen theme music. <laughs> Not only do you steal everyone's heat, <laughs> <laughs> but so you've got two guys who the fans might know or yeah. will know yeah, to that, some that, degree. Yeah, that, so, but why for the Southern States Heritage Championship? Just call it something else. Just change it. Um, I think I think they both do a good job. But I really think that first match has already drained the crowd of most of the enthusiasm they had. Yeah. Like, they, they... At various points during this event, they cut to the crowd. And the crowd either are not doing anything, or, even more hilariously, 
seem to notice the camera is on them immediately, so look directly into the camera. Do you notice that? I thought the match was I thought the match was okay. I mean, Baby Doll huh. was with Zbysko, and I thought that was a good pairing. Yeah, the issue I had with it, the first five ten minutes of them basically doing the same things that Bobby Heaton and yeah. Nikita were doing beforehand of like it's going to be a wrist lock for a minute and then it's going to Matt Messing which I like same as you but I've just watched 20 minutes of it yeah and, 20 and minutes of not good of it as well yeah. I need to get away from it for a little bit uh, the ending of the match what the the shoe shot yeah uh, Zabisco uses baby doll sh- shoe after she counts to three because the ref has taken a bump yeah the ref takes a bump baby doll counts to three Wyndham thinks that's the, the legal the legal count stands up like he's won uh, how does Wyndham not realise that he had just destroyed the referee because he's a baby face <laughs> with Zabisco <laughs> but he's standing there staring as the referee gets clobbered in the corner by Zabisco's body and falls down yeah and so they're like oh yeah I can win now <laughs> this is the thing with, with uh, especially like 80s baby faces you know turn half their brain off at least <laughs> but uh I thought it was a much it was a better match than the first one yeah. but as you said the first bits of it were like oh, this is what we're getting to me um, I, I think this is a be- this is the best match of the night I disagree but yeah I, 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 I know what you I already know what I think you, I think your best match of the night is going to be yeah. but we have a new champion we do don't really get much much celebration not much hoopla Mm. It's almost like they know, like you know, some of the Southern Heavy, Western, the West, States. the Western stuff. I can't even remember the name of the title because I just think it's ridiculous. Yeah, very much. Shows. <laughs> they could have easily worked away for Barry to have the TV title or the US title. Yeah, like, Dusty didn't need the US title. Dusty doesn't need a lot of things. He's mm. booking right now. Yeah. But Dusty did need the US title, yet Dusty's got the US title. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's part of the issue with the shows. And I, I get it, I get it. You, you, you're trying to make things more important, but I'd have renamed that thing immediately as like the UWF something something title. Yeah. If you're going to try and bring in the UWF as a as a kind of invading company, which they, they sort of try, they, they, they squat. It's almost like the WCW invasion of the time. They squash everyone, but they do get some very important talent out of it. They get Sting, they get Rick Steiner. So that did Jim Ross go up beforehand, or um, I'm not sure. Jim Ross is is quite the bright spark in this actually. Yeah, in this entire event, it's it really makes you look at his current day commentary and go, oh, you don't like that seventy percent of what you're seeing. Um, and I get that he's older. And I get all that, but there is very little. To, there's very few times in a modern show when he is as full of emotion as he is on this show, and this show is full of matches that mean very little. This show, like I mentioned earlier, has Tony Schiavone doing the ring announcing. Perfect role for Tony Schiavone. I like I like Tony, but but each to their own, I guess. Uh, interviewer, yeah. when he worked with Jesse the Body. They had chemistry. Yeah. The other commentator is Bob Coddle. I love uh, Bob Coddle. I love Bob Coddle, but 
him and Jim don't seem they're to, too similar yeah they don't seem to work for me I would have liked someone to do colour because Bob Coddle reminds me of like Lord Alfred Hayes with a manual <laughs> it's like if Lord <laughs> if Lord Alfred, Alfred Hayes had, had a manual of wrestling moves that he'd just call out <laughs> um, but yeah the next match because there is the there isn't that much to say about about the first two matches. No. Is there? the next match is my personal favourite of the this is, show. This is what I figured. I know, knowing your your favourite wrestlers of the era, yeah. I'd say that the world championship match between Ric Flair yeah. and Road Warrior Hawk would be your favourite match. It's just done so well. I'm, obviously, I watched on the WWE Network and they're yeah. missing... Uh, chunk of the footage when they enter the ring yeah which is a shame but I wonder why that is they just to, to be fair they don't usually cut stuff out so there must be something wrong with that oh I know what it is the entrance music they're not going to be allowed to put Black Sabbath's Iron Man on the entrance for the Road Warriors uh, you can probably get away with the theme from 2001 because it's classical piece of music and they use it yeah still to this day but they're not going to I, I doubt Black Sabbath are like yeah use Iron Man not a problem um, so that'll be why they cut that out. Although they do usually just dub it over really badly. Yeah. And to be fair, the the theme from um, for the Midnight Express is a Midnight Express theme ripoff from the movie Midnight Express. But I'm not sure if they'd switch to their own version of it. They originally came out with the actual theme, and then they literally it was almost almost Jimmy, it was almost like Jimmy Hart worked there. They literally changed their note. <laughs> so yeah. it was dun 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 dun. They changed the Dun, 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 dun. It was really crazy. <laughs> Which, of course, now FTR are basically doing. So, yeah, Ric Flair versus Road Warrior Hawk, and the match goes as you'd expect it to go. <laughs> I was just about to say. Flair chops, Hawk no sells. Hawk hits Flair with a slam. Flair rolls out of the ring. Ah! <laughs> the, the, some of the best work in this match, again, is done by the manager, though. JJ Dillon outside the ring. Looks like, oh, we're going to lose the world title. There's no way you can yeah. stop this man. He has that worried Giles from Buffy look at one point <laughs> in the corner. He's taking his glasses off. Rubbing the glasses, yeah. yeah. And it's just kind of like, it's subtle to and it's genius. So. Yeah. You, the, but again, to me, the problem with this match is it's a foregone conclusion. Flair's. Flair is going to retain. Yeah. As, much as, as much as you love Road Warrior Hawk, there ain't no way they're putting a world belt on Road Warrior Hawk yet. I I do often wonder if this was testing the waters of he's big, looks good, he's got that great face paint, people he's popular, he can sort of go, and then they find Flair's opponent for Clash One and go, he's big, looks good in face paint. <laughs> He's a better worker than Hawk. <laughs> now, with this match as well, the crowd do seem to pick up a little bit. Well, yeah, because it's Ric Flair and, uh, and and the Road Warriors. And they're bumping. Uh, well, Flair's bumping all over the place. <laughs> I was going to say, Road Warrior Hawk ain't bumping much. No. He does receive a nasty low blow. And then, Have you ever seen a good low? Like a nice <laughs> low blow? Like, ooh. <laughs> and then another one later on. Flair has to resort to cheating tactics to get close. Yeah. Yet another ref bump. Yeah, there's quite there's a lot of them, isn't there? There's only two in this show. Although there's only four a, matches. <laughs> there is a third in this, or a second in this match, but it's an accidental one. So they don't sell it. <laughs> While the referee's 
down after he gets up. Um, Flair's in a pinning predicament after hitting Road Warrior with a chair. Road Warrior Hawk pushes Flair off. Flair lands on top of the referee. Yeah. yeah, so the referee gets up and thingy. And so Flair's used the chair to try and get the advantage. It doesn't work because Road Warrior Hawk sells nothing. No, he is a monster. And looking at him, I I was never a Hawk guy. Everyone was a Hawk guy. I always loved Animal more. I thought Animal was... Cut off. I thought he had the cooler face paint. I thought he was bigger. I thought his interview... For some reason, I thought Animal's interview stuff was... like This is like when I was like seven and eight. I thought Animal's interview stuff was way better. Looking back now, I'm like, what an idiot I am because Hawk's interview stuff is like, you are crazy. <laughs> uh, but... It is. It's almost like a training. It's almost like Flair being like, "Oh, this this kind of works. This type of match." Yeah, Flair knows what he's doing. Yeah, but it's a it's a blueprint for what they're going to do at Clash One. But Hawk just looks like an Hawk looks like an animal. I was going to say, <laughs> he's another beast. Isn't yeah, he, he. If they had put the world belt on him, looking back, because. I, I could have bought it for a bit, but yeah, he's he's insane. Like it's getting the belt off him that becomes yeah becomes because who are you gonna yeah. who are you gonna use? <laughs> um, but again, that's a what was it DQ? It was DQ, a DQ. Yeah, yeah. Flair got chair the chair back and swung while the referee was looking. So so far, time limit draw. Yeah, heel victory after cheating. Yeah, DQ. Uh, DQ. One title change, two titles. With the original people, yeah. through Dodger means, but they haven't. I was going to say they haven't been. They've not not really been a clean ending yet. No. And for a Jim Crocker promotion show, I'd expect to see more clean endings, or I'd expect the cheating and stuff to have drawn more, drawn more heat, as it yeah. were. Like like I said, the people aren't really there. The only kind of heat you really see is with Flair and JJ points, and right at the beginning. A small section of the crowd um, have a go at Jim Cornette when he hugs Bobby Eaton because <laughs> they play off the homophobia of the time yeah. and really work it well. <laughs> yeah, to I get mean, heat. I mean, Jim Cornette. As much as you know, I do. I do think he's got some problematic stuff about him now, <laughs> but I do agree to a point with a lot of his wrestling philosophy. I think he could take it too far most of the time. For what I think is shock jock effect, but uh, he he gets what he's doing, and then you come to the main event. Right, the main event is. Let me explain the rules to a bunkhouse stampede. It's come as you are, which basically means cowboy boots, cowboy and boots, jeans. jeans. Unless um, you're Lex Luger, unless unless you're Lex Luger, who. They're obviously trying to make he's just turned on the horseman. Yeah. He's he's obviously gonna be their next big guy, is the feeling. And you get put into a cage. You t- you two you to to qualify for this match, you had to win one of these matches on a house show loop. I think Animal had won a series of them and Yeah. So Animal had some steam go steam going in. But it was an over-the-top battle royal in a cage. So people were taking bumps from near enough the top of a cage onto concrete. Now, the cage is mesh. It's not like a big blue cage you get in WF. 
which they only made because Hogan's feet were so big, so he could climb easier. I always liked the big blue cage. Apparently, it was hell to work in. I always liked yeah. it, but uh, I understand why they've changed it because apparently it just hurt. It just hurt people. Yeah. Um, it's a mesh cage. There are lots of people in the ring. Who are the who are the com- competitors? Right. In this so match? we have representing Paul Jones's army. We have Ivan Koloff, a Canadian pretending to be a Russian, <laughs> the Barbarian, the Warlord. Wait, Barbarians in this. Yeah, the Barbarian and the Warlord. So he's going to win because it's, it's the Barbarian. <laughs> wait, wait. Haku's not in this, is he? So that's Paul Jones's army. Then representing the Horseman, we have Arn and Tully. Uh, t- yeah. Tully, I think, is the smallest man in this match. Which is... <laughs> t- Tully's not a small guy. No. Nah. By any means. It's between him and Koloff. They're the two smaller... Koloff's smaller. Yeah. And then, on the babyface side, you've got Road Warrior Animal, Lex Luger, and Dusty Rhodes. The American Dream, baby. The American Dream. This match is for half a million dollars. And a big, comically <laughs> large cowboy boot. Oh, yes. The cowboy boot. All right, half a million dollars. It's it's an over the top. It's over the top cage elimination. You can eliminate people through the door. Yeah, you can. <laughs> it does happen. It does happen. But they they really pushed it. Like oh, these people are taking their lives in their hands. Yeah. It's like it's like putting a war game. I can see what they're trying to do. They're trying to one up the Royal Rumble. Um, or the Royal Rumble's trying to one up this. It's like taking a war games match, chucking it in one cage. And having everyone in it from the start. No, no, the weird thing about this is they've obviously done these matches for years. They just never this televised. Is, this is the this is the third annual. Yeah, and it and Dusty has won the previous two. Yes, Dusty. Dusty is the Hulk Hogan of the early nineties of Royal Rumbles. The man who created this match has won it. The man who created this match twice already has already won it twice. Um, they're sort of running off that he's like. He was the last person to make it into the match. Um, he's being pushed as the big baby face. Cowboy boot, like I said, cow- very much cowboy Dusty Rhodes, which is not how he was portrayed when he worked for the WWF in New York before this. Teaming with Dick Murdoch at the time? They did, they did do... No, I was thinking, more, I was thinking more of his run against... Um, why can't I think of his name? Hogan ripped him off. Everyone oh, Billy off. Graham. Billy Graham, yeah. Superstar Billy Graham. Because they had some brutal matches, but Dusty Rhodes is in a robe with a hat, and he's doing a little bit of the shocking and jiving, and now he's returning as like, I am this southern wrestler, and it's kind of like, you've picked the wrong area to do this match. You have picked the wrong town. You've picked the wrong fan base. Like... And the whole thing, it's very... One, this is pay-per-view. It's very hard to see inside that cage. Yeah. Is this the worst concept for a match ever? No. Is it up there? <laughs> is it the worst non-Russo concept <laughs> match? I'd say the Kennel from Hell is worse. The Kennel from Hell? I'd say the reverse Battle, Battle Royal. Royal is worse. Uh. Um, but Drew this bag went on a forklift. Well, that's just something on a pole, isn't it? So, well, I'll let that go. Yeah, uh, but nobody got to use Judy Bagwell as a weapon in that match. Uh, true, true. But what I'm, what I'm saying is, like, it is definitely up there as like oh, this wasn't a good idea. And the fact that they've been doing it for years, 
how they honestly it's these big guys yeah who are doing it there's not much room to move yeah. and it's a brawl it's a it's like as I said it's like a war games it's like a war games match when it comes to the level of violence yeah and there is no um, there's no room to move there's no real way for the cameras to really get in close unless they're doing like a a spot against the cage or a spot with the door so you only really see the eliminations at least to me you saw, don't be wrong you did see some stuff none of it particularly good because no, it's because, six big guys hitting each other yeah it's a brawl in a, in a mesh cage and the wrong guy wins this match I mean people look people look back on Dusty and they're like booking genius and it's like oh he had some good ideas had some bad ideas this was a bad idea and I understand why he um, I, I do sort of understand why he kept booking himself on top now a lot of people are like it's Dusty's ego Dusty wanted to be on top that might be true do you know what else Dusty knew Dusty Rhodes knew Dusty Rhodes was not leaving the territory because the dark match that we talked about earlier yeah. versus the Sheep Herders originally supposed to be the Rock and Roll Express who left the company the day before <laughs> so it's very much getting to the time where people are like there is a there is a hole in this ship I'm getting out on the show as well like the last match you've got Warlord Barbarian Arn and Tully by the end of the year they'll have all left the company for WWF but, but, is, but is that because of decisions like this because backstage they were all like Dusty needs to stop going over <laughs> Dusty's got to give us something uh, it was very much a it had become a, a camp of two halves it was <laughs> it was Dusty and Jim Crockett as as like Jim Crockett thought Dusty was a genius and like Tully was like we're not going to get anything I think that was one of the reasons they left. Yeah. You can tell the people Dusty liked as well. For instance, Bobby Eaton in the first match. Yeah. He liked Bobby. Bobby didn't lose. Bobby got a draw. Yeah, Bobby. <laughs> and, uh, and he should have lost. Yeah. But he liked Nikita as well. So, so he got a draw, yeah. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying like he's a ter- I'm not saying Dusty Rose is a terrible booker. I'm just saying on this night... This was the wrong thing to do. Yeah. You just turned, you just turned Lex Luger babyface against the Horseman, and you wanted to make Luger. This was this was this was one of the ways you could do it because they never they never really get there with Luger. We haven't actually said who wins this match. <laughs> surprise, surprise! <laughs> Dusty Rhodes wins the third annual Bunkhouse Stampede, and as the match ends. There's a lot of booing. Did you notice that from the crowd? Oh, I was turning my brain off at this point. There is a lot of booing, and and previously, I did think that's because our oh, people are sick of Dusty. I know. I just realised. Well, I didn't just realise, but having now read up on the ticket thing, if you were if you got told seven thirty, you turned up for and you turned up and you got an hour. Yeah, which and then, you're probably what end of the Ric Flair match. Then putting up a cage Inch. for 10 15 minutes. Yeah. And then, then this 25 match. minutes of this shite. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. And then this. And so, yeah, maybe it's not dusty. Maybe it's like, hey, where's our wrestling? <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's not really an element of this entire show 
that I was, to, I can sit there and say, you need to see this match. You need to see this person. Uh, I just think to show what kind of a stat, state Jim Crockett Promotions was in. This is the one. This is like these are the problems, and it's glaringly obvious. To go back to the match as well. Now, if you watch any other battle royal, even the Royal Rumble, they start moving people out of the ring quite quickly. It's about 10 15 minutes until the first person's eliminated. That's because they're all so tough, Dave. And then it takes them another 10 minutes to eliminate everybody else. Yeah, there, it, is quite, it is kind of an everyone out of the pool once the first guy's gone. Yeah. I mean, it's a weird one for us to start with, I feel. Yeah. But it's also. This is why they turn into WCW. They don't do that straight away, but these are this. This is the problem. They do kind of have a bit of a a bit of a resurgence, or at least correct some of these mistakes. But by then, it's too late. Pretty much every wrestler on this card I like, but they weren't displayed in the way that I think that I thought they should have been. If Nikita, if Nikita was going to keep that television title, he should have come in. He should have annihilated. Eaton because Eaton's a tag guy and they should have stressed that like oh Eaton's looking for the tag oh, and he's, he's, he's in a singles match against this monster one two I'm not saying squash him but just have Eaton be a little off and put, put someone over that isn't Dusty Rhodes because the only person that really gets put over is the guy booking the show Hawk gets put over just to him. he doesn't get the victory. He doesn't get the yeah. clean victory, which Hawk, is a shame. Hawk looks Hawk does look incredible, but they they're not really going to push that because he's a tag guy. Yeah, I think everyone did the best with what they were going what they were given. I, it's not like I can look at anyone and go, "Well, they sucked because they weren't trying." But wrong place, wrong time, in front of the wrong crowd. Uh, Northern crowd, they're not going to be as used to the blood as well. Yeah, there was true. a lot of blood, especially in the bunkhouse stampede, and that's probably where they decided um, flair. <laughs> probably where they decided to put a bunkhouse stampede match on, because it's a big spectacle. Yeah, gotta gotta outdo the the glitz and the glamour. Uh, but yeah, that's the bunkhouse stampede, nineteen eighty eight, and next time we'll be seeing a very different show, and the birth of an icon. I've been Paul Barrow. I've been Delicious Dave Evans. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.